the Adelaide Football Club head of football on the line this morning. His third season doing the job and doing a bloody good one, actually. He's doing fantastic. Adam, you got us there? Yeah, morning, gents. Hope you're all well. Uh, we're good, mate, speaking to you. Adam Keller here, the he- head of Adelaide Football Club Football. Now, we're going to start with the kids in for free today, mate. What a fantastic initiative from the AFL, and uh, hopefully we can get a bumper crowd down at the Adelaide Oval as we take on the Ds today. Yeah, it is a terrific initiative. Um, encourage all families to take that opportunity. You can either get your tickets on Ticketek or, or turn up and get them at the gate. So, um, yeah, w- wonderful initiative of the AFL as we try and bring young families back to the footy and it looks like it'll be a pretty nice day for it as well now adam i want to uh speak about the rebuild how how do you see that progressing it feels like it may have just stagnated a little bit this year we know that you've brought in 22 new faces into the list over the last three years and you've got uh younger and more inexperienced around that do you think it's stagnated a little bit or, or has there been improvement from inside the four walls yeah, I think if you look at it at a surface level and compare it year on year, um, you you could make that assessment that it's stagnated from a win-loss point of view. Well, I think we're sitting on exactly the same number with five wins, nine losses as we were last year and percentages almost identical. So at that level, you could make that assessment. But I guess internally, what we look to is um, the education on game plan, which has certainly been enhanced with this young group. And then... Beyond that, the individual development of our players and whether that be first-year players like Jake Salugo and Joshua Shelley or Paddy Parnell who's now been with us for 12 months and then beyond that, Sam Berry and Nick Murray and Darcy Fogarty and Shane McAdam and there's a lot of guys that are showing individual growth um, and at times that's providing wonderful results like it did earlier in the year with victories against Richmond, Bulldogs and Port. Um, but at other times, it's, there's a level of inconsistency. So um, internally, we're very positive about where we're at at the moment. Um, that's also reflected in our sample team. We're sitting third on the ladder with an 8-3 eight, eight and three win-loss record and I think the best percentage in the competition. So that certainly wasn't the case 12 months ago. Adam, it's uh, Callum Ferguson here. I, I'm interested in uh, the Matt Crouch situation. Uh, he, he seems to be playing some good football. He's, he's missing parts of his game from what Nixie's saying uh, that you guys need him to brush up on in the sandfall. Um, it seems like there's a logjam of similar types of players in that midfield. That's how I, I see it panning out at the moment with someone of his quality on the sidelines. And then also there's a bit of a logjam at times with the, um, the forwards, the, the tall guys up, up front. Um, do you feel like you've quite got the recruitment and the, and the drafting right with these young players you've brought in because it seems like there's a lot of very similar type players in a couple of areas of, of the ground for you. I think what we addressed, and I guess as it was spoken about in the lead up to the North Melbourne game, um, we'd stuck with a midfield mix that it, you know, we'd, we dropped five of our previous six games and the decision was made to have a different look in there last week. Um, there were only only been there the one week and it was a strong performance against the Kangaroos and I think we've acknowledged that at selection this week with only the force changes being made to the side. Um, Matt, as you've identified, very good player. He he went back and performed exceptionally well at at sample level last week but we've decided to to go with that mix again this week with Schomburg into that midfield. Um, Give us a, a bit of a different look but that's certainly not to say that Matt Crouch is not going to force his way back into that midfield mix. Um, and he's a supreme competitor and, and a very good footballer. And I've got no doubt he'll perform strongly again 
today. Speaking to the Crows, head of football, Adam Kelly. Adam, five wins thus far this season. Obviously a good one down in Tassie last week against the North Melbourne Footy Club. We've got eight games to, uh, to go. As Crows fans, you know, what, what's a number that we can expect to, to win for the, for the rest of the season? What would, what would be a nice pass, Mark? Uh, look, we, we're obviously cautious to put numbers on wins and losses, but I guess for us it's more about um, consistently banging in the fight. And I think with our group, one thing we can be proud of is they, they genuinely do um, put in supreme effort and, and give a good account of themselves. And for what has been the youngest team in the AFL over the last two years, to have some pretty memorable victories, including one against Melbourne in round 10 of last year, over the last couple of years, I don't think that's necessarily something that you would see the youngest team in the competition being able to do. So if we can continue to make that the foundation of our side moving forward, um, I think we'll be in a really good position. So you don't have a set number because it's all about win-loss. Is it? Is it 8, 9, 10, nothing? No numbers? No, I'll leave that to you guys to, <laughs> to make that ruminations. But okay. um We'll just concentrate on week to week, giving a good account of ourselves. We've we've spoken to Matty Nix, or we've heard him often say that, that the DNA of this team is stay in the dogfight. We know that you're a high stoppage team, really high handball team, low marks, really safe out of defensive 50, like to use the boundary. What's the one thing that Crows fans can go to the game today or for the rest of the year and watch it on their TV and hang their hat on and say, yep, we've seen improvement in this one key area. What are you focused on for the last eight weeks of the season? Yeah, I think hopefully what... Um, our fans might have seen last week against North Melbourne and, and off the back of that Gold Coast game, which which wasn't typical of us, especially with the, the kick-to-handball ratio, um, to really attack the opposition and move the ball quickly into our forward half. So that's that was a focus of last week. Um, we'd like to think that you know, that, that is in our DNA. So today we're advantaged a little bit um, with Gorn and, and Jackson being out of the side and hopefully our midfield can get some ascendancy against what is obviously a high-quality midfield in Melbourne. But if we can surge that ball forward, um, we're confident that our forwards are in good form and, and retain that ball in our forward half. We might give ourselves a show. Now, I need to ask you about the big fella, Tex. All the noise has been around his contract. We know that you, he takes 20% of the marks inside 50 for your team over the last three years. We've seen Matty Nix speak on Monday night about him potentially playing for the next three or four years. Is it a two-year deal with the trigger for a third for, for him? It, what's holding it up? It should be, almost be done by now. Uh, well, it's certainly um, conversations right in earnest. We won't go into the, the detail of those. I think Tex has been on record saying that um, he'd love to be staying here in Adelaide and we've been on record saying we'd, we'd love him to continue on. So um, that's playing out at the moment with Texas management and and our list management group. So um, hopefully we'll get some resolution to that shortly. Nah, thanks so much for joining us, Adam. You're a good man for jumping on the line on the Dead Set Legends. Thanks, gents. Have a good day. Thanks, Adam. Beautiful. There he is. Adam Kelly, head of football at the Adelaide Crows. So hopefully we can get that deal done and dusted with Texan mm, very, has very short. Has to be a two-year deal. I would have thought so. Yeah. I would have thought Numbers so. Numbers are good. A, a tragic week, really. We lost a superstar in uh, in Neil Curley on Wednesday when the information floated through that unfortunately passed away in a, in a car accident. We're going to catch up with Laurie Rosewarn after 10 o'clock, who played a lot of footy and played under him as well. At the Glenelg Football Club, there's a famous story there about when Neil Curley broke his jaw mm. and he uh, got Laurie to do something to help him out. We're going to get to that after 10 o'clock. But Knuckles was actually um, a prominent figure on the Dead Set Legends here at Triple M for a long period of time. Obviously, KG and Jars hosted this for yep. a long period.
long period and he was really, really good mates with KG and um, yeah, he, heaps of people have come through and sat in these seats and obviously, yeah, KG Jars, like I said, Dom Cassisi, Bernie, Bluey, Rhett Biglins and Brad yep. Ebert, There's uh, there's been a whole heap, but um this one day, so John Blake, Rocky, was a, a yep. comedian, right? So he, here at Triple M, and he'd help yeah. out and he'd do these skits with the with the breakfast show. And we've heard this one and we're about to play, but it features Neil Curley. And, um, yeah, it's it's very, very funny and, and, a, and a lighter way that we can have a bit of fun and, and play it out. And we'll, we'll get your thoughts on the back of it. Have a listen to this. This is uh, John Blake doing a skit with, on the DSL Boys with Kels. <laughs> The Dead Set Legends, KG and Darth, now with Dom Cassisi on 104.7 Triple M. Yes, welcome folks to the Dead Set Legends on this beautiful Saturday morning in Adelaide. And let me introduce my partners in crime and you, Newton Jarman. G'day George, g'day Adelaide. And of course, the legend from the Port Adelaide Football Club, Dom Cassisi. How are you Dom? G'day boys. G'day Dom. What's happening? Sorry, Dom. What's happening? Righto, it's time, folks, to speak to. Oh, no, I I love this man and his his insight to football. I know you do, Donald Neil Curley. How are you, curls? Bloody cold, freezing up me dingle dangles. <laughs> curls, we want your expertise and, 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 and knowledge of the game of football. We need to know, curls. In your opinion, can the crows win the flag? Well, for the crows to win the grand final. They would have to play their best football. Yeah, he's right. I, I love that insight. Kills the spot on, eh? Kills. How do you see the Port Adelaide side at the moment, Kills? Well, look, it's like a motor with a bad spark plug. It takes one to muck up the whole bloody thing. Yes, it's like a boat with a hole in it. If you let it go, eventually you'll fill up. <laughs> right. Uh, Curls, what about Tex Walker? You've said some things about Tex. Um, what do you think about him now? Well, it's like this. It's like a dog with two back legs missing. If you don't take it to the vet, then eventually you'll have to make a little platform for it with two wheels at the back that you can see on YouTube. Right. Curls, how do you feel about getting rid of the 50 metre and making it a 25 metre? What's that? How do you feel about making the 50 metre penalty, Curls? Ah, right. Well... It's like a motorised post hole digger that's on a bit of a lead. Yes, you know, thanks, Curls, for your time. No, no, I haven't told you this. It's on a lead. Oh, it's Donald Neil Curley, there, folks. <laughs> thanks, Curls, for your time. <laughs> and you know, pull it out and start again. Triple H, dead Oh, it's just great to hear that stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it does take you back. I, I, I remember uh, waking up on a sad day, going out, playing footy, coming home, sitting down to watch the Crows play, and, yep. and Knuckles will be on the boundary every mm. week. And... Uh, Gosh, he was Mr. South Australian football. Then you'd, you'd see uh, State of Origin come round and, and he was leading the charge in front of the cameras and uh, on game day he was always floating about. The Crows first came in. He was he was the uh, football manager yeah. and um, he was a big part of bringing Rue to the, to yeah, the Crows as well. Yep. Um, still says he's probably the best recruit they've ever had, mm. Rue. And um, it was good to hear some stories midweek um, from the Triple M guys. But... He always just stood out to me, um, being just that icon of South Australian football and seeing him and Teddy Whitten embrace towards the back end of Teddy's yeah. life at, 
on State of Origin Day was just something that will always be there with us, I think, in South Australian uh, football fan history. Did you know much about him, um, Rock, when you, obviously you've come down, you know, country Victoria boy, went to Brisbane and then come here into uh, South Australia. Did you know much about him at all until probably this week? No, nah, not really. Not yeah. a great deal, which um, disappoints me a little bit yeah. because you hear the stories about him and I've seen him on open mic and... Yep. I suppose if I was involved in the Adelaide Crows, I'd know him a lot yeah, more. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. But being part of Port Adelaide, it was mm. all Russell Ebert. So mm. unfortunately, we've lost two of the greats in a space of six months. Yeah, well said. Time to introduce an absolute champion of the Glenelg Football Club, Laurie Rosewarn, 169 league games for the Glenelg Footy Club, past captain and known as a Bays great. Thank yes. you so much for jumping on the Dead Set Legends this morning, Laurie. No worries, guys. Uh, mate, we're saddened for your loss this week and uh, hard to really understand and comprehend what you've been through with your, your great mate, Neil Curley, that passed away on Wednesday. Our thoughts go out to you. Yeah, it was a real shock. It's been a horrible week, really. I, um, yeah. He was like a father figure to me. He was just a, a great man, great friend and uh, great coach. And yeah, miss him, going to miss him absolutely. Enormously. Yeah, for sure. So how long were you involved with Knuckles there, uh, Laurie? Obviously, you played and, and he coached you as well? Yeah. yeah. He, he came in, in 1967. I started in 65. And he came in 67 and I was with him right through the 73 premiership year, football-wise, playing, yeah. playing, playing for the base. And then, um, yeah, we became very good friends. He used to do a shacket. Yep. The Walker Flat and um, gabbing with duck shooting and that sort of stuff, and he actually actually led it. And Laurie, when you oops, sorry, yeah, when you first got to the club, Laurie, what was the thing that struck you most about uh, Neil Curley? He was he was quite a character. Oh mate, <laughs> I'll never forget the first first night of training. He turned up. And he was like a bronze Adonis. He had a haircut, <laughs> of an inch, eighth of an inch high, and he was. It's just a man mount. was just so impressive. I was only 19, and um, oh, he was just very impressive. And we had this huge, huge run. We had 160-odd people there because the club had invited everyone out. And uh, we went on this huge run down the Broadway all the way to the West Beach Sand. We had to swim the pack, had to come back to swim the pack again. We were passing people, hadn't even got to the pack. And Charles was saying, don't worry about coming Thursday to all these people. <laughs> uh, we had 62 there on the, on the, that was the Tuesday night, we had 62 there on the Thursday night. Yeah, right. Lost a <laughs> few there, Laurie. Let me sort them out. <laughs> uh, Laurie, a story's been circulating all week, mate, and uh, you feature heavily in it here at uh, Triple M. We've been playing this ever since that we lost the great man, Neil Curley. Have a listen. I want to get your thoughts on the back of it, please. I'm trying to move the jaw and it's making funny noises and uh, they said um, you've got to come off your, your jaw's broken I said well fix it up fix it <laughs> true and uh, they said we can't fix it so I got Laurie Rosehorn the vice captain to chew up six packs of chewies which was good so no. you gave him the chewy and said chew these up yeah, make them into a wad make them into a wad you know because yeah, yeah. no no mouth guards in those days so Laurie you chewed up the gum for him and then you shoved it in his gulp <laughs> yeah mate yeah I remember going to our property steward um Old Norm Copley and said, I need some chewies. He said, What do you need chewies for? And I, he said, I said, Curls wants them to stick his jaw together. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, he gave me, gave me six packs of chewies and I chewed, chewed them all up and uh, yeah, made this, well, it would have been about a two inch round ball of 
gum and he just used two halves of it put his put it on his top and bottom teeth and said, Oh, that'll be sunny. That's really good. <laughs> now, did that... Went out and played played with his mouth with the gum in it. So, Unbelievable. Yeah, did... Tough nails, mate. Did it hold it in place for the second half? It did, yep. <laughs> we couldn't talk. He just talked through his teeth like this. So, But, um, yeah, the guy who did it was a guy called Shorthill, who um, there was a boundary throw-in in the forward pocket in the southwestern corner, and um, Shorthill came from behind. He'd been recruited by Centrals from Western Australia, yep. and he just hit him from behind and broke his jaw. And... Um, and yeah, but the next time we played him, um, he didn't fare too well, that bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're a star, Laurie. Thank you so much for jumping on board the Dead Set Legends, mate. And our heart goes out to, to you and your family through this tough time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Laurie. Cheers. Um, Boys, just to straighten up shortly, Neil Curley, obviously we lost a a superstar on Wednesday, unfortunately, passed away in a a car accident. But um, yeah, so what we're going to do right now is play a little snippet. This is on open mic, all right, and we can talk off the back of it. I'm trying to move my jaw and it's making funny noises. And uh, they said, um, you've got to come off, your your jaw's broken. I said, well, fix it up, fix it. (laughs) True, and... uh, I said, we can't fix it. So I got Laurie Rosehorn, the vice captain, to chew up six packs of chewies, which was good. So uh, you gave him the chew and said, chew these up, yeah, make them into a wad. Make them into a wad, yeah, because yeah, yeah. no, no mouth guards in those days. There's been plenty of injuries across this room here, this studio right here, hasn't there, Tomo? We've got a few to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't we start with yours? This mm. is at the whacker, a bouncy whacker pitch when you were playing cricket for South Australia, effect. Yeah, it was when the uh, Big Bash first started and it was still state-based. So I was playing for the Redbacks against yep. the Warriors at the whacker. Just took a short <laughs> ball on early in my innings, got a bit ahead of myself, and that one just snuck through the grill and yep. my nose was sitting under my left eye. So that wasn't pretty. Ooh. Marcus North was uh, a little bit crook in the guts after seeing it. But yeah. um, I also uh, had a bad one in the the regions, boys. Yeah. Ooh. Playing a Christmas Eve cricket game, I uh, got a bit confident at uh, on forty, I reckon it was, and got yeah. a full toss. And I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to hit this into uh, into orbit and uh, <laughs> open my front leg out. Opened myself wide open oh, no. and completely missed the full toss. It hit me square in the nether regions. Mm. And let's just say I was squealing like a stuck pig. Oh, it wasn't wow. good. And uh, went off the ground, couldn't walk, uh, put the legs up for half an hour, thought I was all right. Tried to get moving again. No good. So this was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Rang Doc Harris. Yep. Dashing opening batter for the Redbacks and uh, said, what do you reckon, mate? And he said, get yourself to a scan as soon as possible. Got in there. They uh, they had the gel out and the ultrasound on my agates really, really quick. And I was on the oper- operating table four hours after I got hit. Oh, wow. I had a ruptured testicle. Oh, no. And I missed a big bash game after that. <laughs> this is pre-kids, obviously. This was pre-kids. Well, it still works. It still works, <laughs> thankfully. Yep. Perfect. My, my brother told the story... Uh, as best man at my wedding yep. and had the whole room thinking I was only one testicle short at the moment, oh, no. like even to this day. Like he just, he had the whole room walking walking off stage believing I still only had one testicle. One Frank Ferg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Rocky? You obviously 200 games in the system, mate. You would have had a, a couple of injuries. Yeah, a couple along the time. I think the worst one was uh, around 1-2015. Yep. I will, um, we're playing Collingwood, big game for the footy club. 
Brisbane captain at the time, went back with the flight, oh, which yeah. I never did. No, never no. did. Never I will. I can't recall any of that. It's, never uh, will again. And uh, Travis Varco went out with the knee to uh, – he actually didn't touch the ball. I should have got a free kick. But knee straight in the ribs, three three cracked ribs Ooh. and a punctured lung. So punctured lung. Worst feeling because I couldn't get air in. It just felt like I there was no air to, to suck. So wow. green whistle and straight whisked off in the back of an ambulance straight to hospital. Oh, Jeez, that's unbelievable. That's not nice. No, that's crook. A few years ago, playing local footy, ended up with a lacerated kidney, which wasn't good. That was a flying fist, and uh, yeah, that wasn't good. And I actually had no idea about it until I actually went to the toilet oh, nice. to uh, to urinate and um, sort of tomato sauce. Oh, yeah, it wasn't too good. But Rocky had heard a different story, actually, a different take on that one. <laughs> What's that? No, it was a flying fist. How did you do it? Yeah, but I got I got punch tackled. Oh, we we got told that you were on the other side of the fence trying to run away from contact. In <laughs> front row of the centre. <laughs> that actually came from the Williston water boy. <laughs> run into the canteen lady. <laughs> One triple three five three. The worst injury you've ever had. We want to hear your gruesome stories here, Adelaide. Worst injury you've ever had. We're doing this off the back of the late great Neil Curley. Unfortunately, passed away on Wednesday. Played with a broken jaw. Have a listen to this. I'm trying to move my jaw and it's making funny noises. And uh, they said, um, you've got to come off, your, your jaw's broken. I said, well, fix it up, fix it. <laughs> True. And uh, they said, we can't fix it. So I got Laurie Rosemore, the vice captain, to chew up six packs of chewies, which was good. So uh, you gave him the chew and said, chew these up, yeah, make them into a wad. Make them into a wad, you yeah, because yeah. no, no mouth guards in those days. And you cop oh, one wow. as well in the nose as well, yeah. uh, playing for the Redbacks, is that yeah, right? Yeah, in the first year of the Big Bash, I reckon it was. Took a short one on at the Wacker and uh, Saj Mahmood snuck it through my grill and my nose was sitting under my left eye. <laughs> 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 it just uh, actually did me a favour there, looking a bit better after that. And then uh, I actually uh, cleared out trying to hit a full toss for six in a an old Collegians game mm. and clean missed it and ended up with a ruptured testicle oh, and on the operating table four hours later. And Rocky, you caught one in the lung. Yeah, broken ribs, three ribs and a, a punctured lung. So, yeah, Ooh, couldn't yeah. get any oxygen in. No, no good. One triple three five three is the number I'm asking the question. The worst injury you've ever had as we go to Cumberland Park. we got Drew. Drewsif, hello. Hey, how you going, all right? Good, Going mate. Well. Worst injury you've ever had? Oh, well, it's uh, not sport-related, mate, but I actually went in and got the snip a couple of years ago, oh, and uh, the doctor told me straight away, yeah, she's all good to use, and I was like, okay, beauty. So, um, you know, there was no problem with that, that, that day, but also the pills, the painkillers you put me on put, gave me a bit constipated. So oh, I ended up going to the toilet and pushing hard and busting the blood vessel right up in top of my groin, and it flowed blood right through me whole groin area, and I having a big black bruised member for many, many weeks afterwards. <laughs> and... Uh, and a big, massive scrotal hematoma, too. I had a big blood clot in my side of my bag the size of a lemon for about, oh, yeah, no. about six weeks. No. It was terrible, but it's one hell of a story to tell. Oh, so. I love that, Drew. Oh, Drew. I love that. When I went back to the doctor, he said to me, oh, didn't you rest in ice? I said, you, didn't, you told me I did nasty, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Good on you, Drew. We'll head out to Prospect. Greg, what's your worst injury? Uh, yeah, back in 97, I was a football trainer for Norwood. And during the uh, not 97 semi-final against Port Adelaide, I was running out of water to Jerry Dantoki and I tore my calf. Oh, what? Oh. Yeah, right. And no good there, Greg? Yeah, I, I was out of action for six weeks. I couldn't walk for two. So uh, I missed the grand final. Hey, no. Greg, more importantly, Jars would have been backer at the parade in 97. Is that right? When he got the ass from the uh, Crows? Yeah, well, 
He was a gentleman. He wasn't one of those water babies. You know, you're out there for a minute asking for water. He he was he, he waited for five at least. Nah, he's, <laughs> he's a star, mate. He's an absolute star. All right, we're over to Mick at Hillbank. Mick, what have you got for us? Um, when I was a young fella, I was playing footy, junior footy, and I dived, dived on the ball. And at the same time, the opposition player come through with his foot, missed the footy, and kicked me straight in the head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yes, way. Well, then it was the next five days in hospital getting metal plates put in various places in my head. No. Oh, mate, that's brilliant. Right, as we go to Banksia Park, we got Michael. G'day, Michael. How are you? Yeah, good morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, good, good. mate. Worst injury you've ever had? Uh, 18 years ago, playing amateur footy here in Adelaide. I broke my neck. Oh, oh no. no. How'd Gosh. we go, Mick? Uh, yeah, so C6 and C7 in the neck, head over the ball. Oh. Bloke decided to come in with his hip. Spent the next four weeks in right Adelaide, but uh, good good side of that is I did manage to walk out of my own two feet. Oh, that's oh, good. Wow. So, and I uh, managed to play my first game of Masters this year, 18 years later, and oh, I walked wow. off the ground, which made me very proud. Well, well done, mate. Well done, mate. Congratulations. One triple three five three worst injury we've ever had. Rocky, yours, please. Yeah, punctured lung yep. and three cracked ribs. Yeah, shocking feeling. Yep, not good. And you lost a you lost an agate for. Oh, I nearly did. <laughs> well, if you listen to my brother's best man speech, yes, I'm one short. But no, I can tell you they still work. Yep. Thankfully, two kids to show. But uh, busted nose, sitting under my left eye at the whacker, going for a hook shot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ruptured testicle playing another game of cricket and full uh, toss. Full toss. Didn't even it. use the facilities. Tried, yeah, tried to hit it for six and missed. Uh, and operating table four hours later. Unbelievable. As we go to Valley View, we got Jay. Jason, Jace, worst injury, brother. What do you got? I used to play gridiron in the 90s down the pines at Main North Road, Hockey Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I was running I was running the ball, and I got tackled from behind. I got horse collared, and I got pulled backwards, head first into the ground. Oh, no. Oh, wow. And I just went boing, 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 boing. Everyone heard it. The whole stadium heard it. And I was, didn't play the rest of the game, but I didn't fumble the ball, which is the main thing. Oh, oh well done. We love Hang that. On. We love Hold that. That's it. brilliant. Well done, mate. Head out to Murray Bridge. Talia, what's your worst injury? Uh, not my injury, but my nephew, a six-year-old nephew, was jump, jumping on a trampoline uh, in the nude. Oh, and oh, no. as he was trying to get off, he got, got his uh, giggleberry skin caught in the trampoline oh, spring. Not in the spring. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah, so I thought that would have been traumatic enough to oh, worry That's oh. horrendous. Wow. Is, he, is, he, is he all right? He's fine. He's fine. I think he had a, a bit of a blood blister, but I think oh. the, tra- the trauma was probably worse than... Oh, I'm going to vomit. That's oh. not good. Oh, that's not that's good not at good. all. Okay, out to Robert Lockley's. Rob, what have you got, mate? Yeah, mate, I uh, broke my neck, C6, C7. Uh, thought I'd be smart and dive backwards into a swimming pool. Oh, no, Rob. Oh, no. Don't, no, Rob. don't tell me. Not the aquatic centre. No, no, up at uh, a motel at Bordertown, actually. I got there for work. <laughs> oh, all places. And, the old uh, $39 overnight. <laughs> uh, exactly. And they, they put me in hospital overnight, and then I came back to the Royal Adelaide in an ambulance, and, and when I got to Murray Bridge, the freeway wasn't open then. It was back in 77. Oh, wow. And, and, and they dosed me up with bloody morphine, and I was as high as a kite. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, thank you so much for that, Rob. As we go out to Warrador, we got Trudy. G'day, Trudy. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Worst injury? 
Uh, so it wasn't on the sporting field. I was actually at home and just sitting at the kitchen bench and I had a little blind dog that would always get under my feet yes. mm-hmm. and um, went to step off sideways and then he sort of got underneath. So I went further um, to the left and mm-hmm. anyway, my ankle just collapsed on itself. Oh. Went, screamed, went to the floor. My husband went to pick me up and as he did, my foot was detached from my ankle. <gasps> so as it turned out, oh. I had a spiral fracture of the fibula, snapped my tibia, oh. snapped my tailless joint and then when the surgeon went in the bottom of where my your fibula and tibia join was cracked and so my shin was pulling itself apart oh, and, so, and the and the other thing about that that was the weekend it was 2020 just before we went into lockdown so oh, um we called an ambulance to start off with and then i think we went into shock and then felt really guilty so i said i don't think we should call an ambulance with all this COVID 19 oh. business going on so we cancelled it and we'd been out to dinner and had a couple of wines so um called an Uber instead and then um, my, I had to bum shuffle all the way from the kitchen right up to the hall and then the Uber driver and my husband picked me up and put me in the back, got to Flinders and they said, why the hell didn't you call an ambulance? Oh my God, Trudy, I, I'm telling you, it probably won't ease the pain but we're going to send you off to go see Elvis. Double pass coming your way. Oh. Fantastic. No That's worries. Great. See, enjoy <laughs> that, Trudes. We'll get all your details Sounds off like the you air. Deserve it. <laughs> oh, that is that's inhumane. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what it is, selfless. <laughs> not worried about herself. We're all in this together, remember? <laughs> That's right. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's time for Not quite as happy this week. Rocky's Rocky Week. Oh no. Jeez, I'll tell you what, it's it's uh it's not one we bring with much pleasure usually, this one. No. And again, it's the same situation. Yeah, it's not 100%. been a great week for our man. It's been a tough year, to be honest. Yeah. Tomo, when you look back, mm-hmm. you, know, you look back to being you know, dropped from the Grange Dolphins on the eve of finals. Yep. Well, it was dropped for both game. finals. Played every game yep. of the minor round. And when it got to the big ones, uh, didn't find a spot in the side, unfortunately. And that's playing cricket. You know, so this is the thing. So that's cricket back in February, March. Yeah. So we would have thought the dropping would have stopped from there. Well, that that's been uh, that, just the catalyst for what's been nothing more than a snowballing effect throughout the year. Uh, he then rolled into a new podcast with Port Adelaide. It started off unnamed yep. and, and he was the, the head honcho, the anchor, the, mm. the host. The and, host. Uh, that's now known as Rock the Rasbar. Well, yep. he very quickly after a couple of weeks lost his hosting rights quite <laughs> remarkably. I couldn't believe it. It was poor treatment in my eyes. Is that um, true, Rock? Any of this untrue at the moment? Oh, I still host it, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, but you were, you were given the arse there for a bit. Oh, they were just trying to bring Orazio on a little bit, yeah. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, I, I share the love. I don't control it like you, Tom. Oh, off, <laughs> off, off air, that wasn't how you sold it to us. No. So I'm disappointed to hear you say that. But um, <laughs> now, this week yeah. was just about as bad a clip as I'd seen. And yeah. I was really angry. I don't know what you were like, Tom. I oh, well, I, I ended up storming to management. It was de- Yeah, we did. Yep. We went to management. But he was dropped from the rush hour. He has a regular spot yep. on the rush hour on a Thursday night. Correct. 15 minutes gives some serious radio goal. He does, actually. He clips the, rush, the rush, actually, rush hour, boys. And then he plugs our show as well, yeah, the Dead I'd, Set Legend. I'd actually suggest it's the best 15 minutes of rush hour for the week. Perfect. Um, and somehow, yep. they decide to drop him. Now, I'm yep. not sure if it's just Bernie and, and Bluey taking a few liberties while Jars is out of town. I'm yep. not sure. But uh, I was filthy. You yep. were filthy. Yep. So we fought tooth and nail mm-hmm. to have Rocky instilled into the show last night for the entirety of the, the show, entire, the rush hour. Entire show. And when I tune in, there's no Rocky. No. 
And it, it's shattering because we went, like I said, we went to management, we went to our boss, Matty O, and That's right. said, look, Matty, we need him on there from four till six. And Matty's like, to yep, make up for Thursday exactly, night. Exactly. I'll make that happen. Yep. Rocky was on there on the phone for about five minutes. Not even in studio. Now, Rock, what's going on there? Why are we on the phone, please? Because I know you're in town. And uh, you were meant to go golfing with your, your young fella, Jack, but that fell through. So you were available and you're still doing it over the wireless. No, I, uh, I was supposed to do the full show on Thursday, but then with the passing of Neil Curley, yes. they decided to do the tribute show. So that's why I wasn't on Thursday. Correct. To move you to Friday. And then moved to Friday and I couldn't do it live because I was. I'd committed to my son. I yes. said to him, um, he asked me to play golf at the start of the week and yep. I said, we'll go out Friday mm-hmm. afternoon and play. And so, that, yeah, but you didn't play. Yeah, we went out there. Uh, Just the driving range for a few. Yeah, for a we, we spent the afternoon out there, so that was good, good fun for him. So I spent the afternoon with my son, which yeah, I, I like committed that. to yeah. at the start of the week instead I, of doing the show. No, I like that, but I thought you were meant to take your son out onto nine holes and in the yeah, buggy. and then play, and then you're coming into the studio yeah. afterwards, do the full show. I'm filthy with the way you've been treated, yeah, Rocky. To be honest, on. it's not been good enough, and I think someone with with your radio talent needs to be Agreed. looked after a little bit better than this, Tom. Uh, I'm totally on board. It. I'm totally on board this and and we need this needs to be aired this needs to be broadcast i don't like rocky sitting here looking despondent filing through his phone trying to just comfort himself with and the, some Instagram. and the other thing obviously the rush hour on from four to six is the driving range only open from four to six yeah uh, a question needs to be asked i committed to play something like up with <laughs> golf with my son i'm not look sure where this trying, is going look at him trying to cover it up and just swimming in his seat. the worst thing is no, no, he's playing the demo. He's trying to play your demo. Deflection. <laughs> the worst thing is about it, that five-minute spot that he did last night on the rush hour, yep. it didn't make the podcast. Oh, no! That's no, true. don't tell me that. That is that true. That can't be right. Things are just going the worst for our man. It's Rock. a rocky week for Rocky Triple M. Right now, boy, I want to talk about quickly the uh, Alex Rance. Was, he jumped Ooh. on the the Howie Games. You can get that on the listener app as well. You're a yes, bit of a fan, can. are you, Fergie? Oh, yeah. Love yeah. the Howie Games. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Alex Rance had some choice words, didn't he? Yeah. He had a, a well, he, yeah. So he was pretty honest, which is, which is what you want on those podcasts. But here he is talking about the Crows 2017 power starts. Like, if you look at Adelaide, and like, I wasn't in, I don't, in, I'm not in there in a sanctum, and I, I just won't, I, I can have an opinion on that because I'm an outsider. But it just looked very clinical and very stiff. Just even, like, look at their the power, the power ranger stance that they were doing. Adelaide holding it for a long time. Tech steps forward and gives them the key to go. What did you think? I was hilarious. Right. <laughs> it was just like, what do you... That, that's the opposite of vulnerability. You're, you're laying another shield of physicality and bravado on top of what you should be embracing, which is, yes, we're a little bit nervous. Let's use that as a tool, not as a weakness. Yeah, he was pretty strong, wasn't he? <laughs> he, uh, he attacked the Crows, oh and it's God. it's easy to say that now after the fact and the fact that Richmond went on to win that game. But yeah. had the Crows won that game, that, they could put it down to that and say that they'd put the uh, emotion of the game and to the side. So it's all dependent on what happens. But he, uh, he certainly didn't miss him on the way through. Nah, not at all. And- <laughs> Um, hold Rocky, off the, Rocky, if you're standing across the road, from yeah. me, you're laughing at that. Oh, <laughs> well, the, the national anthem and that's on, but when they continue to do it, post it, and then the big Texans step forward and gave them the nod that they could <laughs> proceed on. <laughs> A little bit army-like. The, the still shot of that, it is, it's very funny. Because you got to watch and have a look how invested Daniel Talia is. <laughs> because I tell you what, he's over the top and right into it. It is fantastic viewing. Make sure you do that today.
Triple M's Dead Set Legends. AFL Newsbreaker, Jay Clark. Jay Clark joins us right now, as he does every single Saturday morning. Jay-Z, what's the latest with Tasmania, mate? Uh, hello, boys. Yes, it's, uh, the AFL has been working hard behind the scenes, but it's about to take a big step this week when the AFL unveils its list plan. So along with the finances and the economics, one of, one of the most contentious issues amongst club presidents, particularly those in Victoria, is how they're going to put this Tasmanian list together. Now, Ned Guy, who was the former list manager at Collingwood, has helped shape a bit of a plan whereby the new AFL or the new uh, Tassie team would get a whole suite of top draft picks and and, uh, they would then have to trade them to existing AFL clubs for mature age uh, top talent. Now, what they're going to want is homegrown Tasmanian talent. Mm. So if you've currently got a star Tasmanian on your list, like North Melbourne, Taron Thomas, Collingwood, Jeremy Howe, and Brodie Majek, you just know that they're going to be absolutely 1A and 1B on the new Tassie team's uh, hit list. And wow. the AFL ramping up pressure. They want a Tassie team and expect it to happen from here. Right. Now, Jay-Z, my old footy manager, David Noble, he's now yes. coaching North Melbourne. The pressure cook yes. is right on him. Oh, is he what? Jeff Walsh, who's been called in to do a blistering review of this football club, which I think will lead to a significant shake-up at the end of the season. When he coaches against Geelong today, and let's be honest, this could be an, an absolute belting, Jeff Walsh is going to be sitting over David Noble's shoulder, not only to assess him, but to assess how his messages are being received by the young players. So it is a super awkward landscape for David Noble and the CEO Benamafio, who are having Jeff Walsh, who's one of the best straight shooters in the game, essentially assess every step they're taking at North Melbourne. So, look, uh, yeah, I, I just think there's almost no chance of his coaching in 2023. Wow. Jeez. And uh, JC, Jordan Degoe back this week? Yes, so um, he sat down, had the powwow, had the uh, um, uh, the heart-to-heart, the soul-searching with uh, Coach Craig McRae. They got back on the same page, and now he's essentially playing for his future, Jordan Degoe at Collingwood. So his priority is to stay at the Pies. That is clear. It has been an emotional week and a bit for him, but he wants to um, deliver on the field, commit to the behaviours that he did in meetings at the start of the season, and fire on the run home, run home to the finals to show he's one of the top players in the league. So the players have rallied around him this week. He's been out on the track. Just keep your eye on Jordan Degoe, uh, boys, again in the game against the Gold Coast because he is absolutely uh, ready to fire for the Pies. Wow, I like that. And just going off field here quickly, Jay-Z, uh, Robbie Williams we're hearing. Uh, so well, the entertainment oh. for the grand final, we've got to be happy with that, don't we? Uh, a choice. I think we told uh, everyone a couple of weeks ago he's been locked in yesterday. Uh, it's a big bill for the AFL, but he'd be a very popular choice. And look, we all like a bit of rock DJ, don't we? So yep. it'd be nice to get down and boogie to Robbie in the Premiership beside him. Absolutely. Now, Jay-Z, we've got to let you go early, mate. Rock's got a runner at Murray Bridge, so uh, we're going to watch that live. <laughs> good on you, boys. See you, mate. Have a good weekend. Jay-Z. Jay-Z Clark right there. Triple M. Time to welcome a man who played 66 tests for our great country. Nearly 10,000 first-class runs to his name now. Dominating behind the mic. He joins us from Gaul in South uh, Sri Lanka, I should say. Bradley, you got us. Hey, boys. How you going, mate? All right? Mate, going very well. Great result yesterday. And even better for you, boys, with the uh, Travis Head, the... uh what about those balls? What was going was on there? Oh. What was going on there? Bluey said he wouldn't get a bowl this week. He was miles off 
Wasn't he hard? He bowled beautifully yesterday, Travi. Yeah, I tell you what, it's hard to play uh, a part-timer on this sort of wicket because you're not sure whether it's going to turn or, or bounce. But, uh, yeah, he was outstanding. He didn't get much runs with a bat. He was under an injury cloud. But, boy, he bowled two of the best balls you're going to see in a long time. Oh, absolutely. And our mail is, Bradley, that he uh, yeah, he certainly turned it on off the field as well, which is fantastic. I think there's a, a photo circling around with a, with a flame on his finger, actually. <laughs> so he's pretty happy with himself. Yeah, he's known to... Um, yeah, we know how good he went through the ashes and everything as well. But what I hear as well, he was one of the best there um, for the next couple of days after that. So, uh, <laughs> mate, you're going to enjoy your wins when you're winning uh, two and a half days and you've got about seven days before the next test match. Yeah, I, I, I'd imagine those boys won't be sighted for days. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's how it would have been back in your day too, Hads. Don't worry about that. Now, I'm interested in asking you uh, what you thought was the most impressive part of the win because it was impressive, all right, and uh, what you've seen from the Australian team since Andrew McDonald t- uh, took the took the reins. What's impressed you the most? Oh, I think the most impressive thing is how, how proactive they were. Um, this week it was obviously going to be hard work, um, and the way they batted, they... They had a game plan. Alex Carey, he came out and he swept every ball. They, they tried to be proactive. The scoring rates of the, the game were really high. So they, they knew they had to get them before they they had a ball with their name on it. So that's one thing impressed me. Cameron Green impressed me enormously as, as well. He, he's only a young kid. It looks to me he's, he's learning on the job as well. Every time he plays a test match, he, he gets better. And, and in the end, I, I thought Paddy Cummins' captaincy was, was outstanding. You, you see a couple of those shots, those sweep shots, they got caught at backwards square. But he spent a lot of time making sure that guy was 20 metres off, off the fence mm. and in the right spot. So tactically, Paddy was really good too. Now, you spoke about Green there winning man of the match. We, I thought Nathan Lyon was a little bit stiff. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you how that came about. You had to vote about it in the commentary box, and it was about 6-1. I was the only one that went for Nathan Lyon. Everyone oh, went wow. for Green. Yeah, um, I don't know why they expect Nathan Lyon these days to stand in the game just to produce like that, but I'm with you. I thought Nathan Lyon was man in the match. And uh, had Sri Lanka. I mean, that, that was a pretty pitiful way to fold on the on day three. There uh, didn't really give a yelp. Are they dust? Can they bounce back from this? I, I don't think they can, um, Ferg. I, I said before the start of play, I, I didn't think they'd get uh, Australia's lead. And, and just watching him in the first innings, Dick Weller played really well. He came out and changed momentum of the game, and uh, I think he got a nice forty odd, but or fifty, sorry, but. Apart from that, if you break it down, the other batters didn't look like they had an answer to Nathan Lyon. And it didn't get any better in the second innings. Um, I think there are six guys that, that came out sweeping and, and got out. Um, and, and they looked like they didn't have any other plan to, to get off strike. So I, I don't think they can come back. And how did you rate Alex Carey behind the stumps, Hads? I think uh, I think he's done a, a wonderful job, really, since slotting into the lineup. Yeah, I, I, thought, he, I thought he's kept really well. Um, from Pakistan and here in, in Sri Lanka in his first test. He's, he's got tough conditions. He, he won't get tough conditions that he that he got um, during this test match. The, the ball, I, I don't know if you've seen the, the ball, the first one for Nathan Lyon, he, he uh, tried to eat it. 
Uh, Kicked off the straight, hit him in the head. But, mate, he was really good. Took some really good catches. Uh, and it's tough conditions to keep on. So he was very impressive. Right, love it. Uh, it's been good, Hads, having you on. Uh, look, what what have you seen um, over there in Sri Lanka? Um, you know, we've seen that there's a, a bit of a Sri Lankan economic crisis going on. The Australians got a, an amazing uh, reception at the ground after the one-day series. Uh, what's the feel been like around the country compared to when you've been there before? Yeah, they're, they're doing it tough, Dirk. Um, they've got a lot going on. There's a huge fuel shortage. And, and I'll paint a picture for you. Just outside our hotel in Colombo where we stayed, there's there's a line-up for petrol, that, and it's two deep, one for petrol, one for diesel. And, and that line goes for for 10Ks. Oh, yeah, and, but the thing about that, there was one guy at the front of the hotel who was in that line. The line didn't move for 26 hours. Wow. He, he was, was over a day to to get petrol. But I tell you what was amazing was the last one day where the crowd wore yellow just to show how appreciative they were to the Australian cricketers for coming over. Um, they know how tough it is in the country, but make the decision to come over. And cricket was, cricket's a wonderful sport that can bring people together. And, and that's what it's done um, over the last month. And Hads, just quickly, um, I'm hearing that the Triple M commentary team with the cricket this year are back on tour full-time. Um, just want to get your thoughts on just how exciting that is for you. Yeah, well, I'll get, I'll get my liver right in the next four days to pick <laughs> up with uh, the likes of Merv and, Merv and everyone. But no, it was an exciting summer, wasn't it? Um, it was great cricket uh, last summer. It was great to see the uh, Poms get embarrassed by us. But yes. it, it's an interesting summer. Um, I, I think South Africa are going to be tough work. They've got a couple of really good quicks. Um, if they can get enough runs, they might be able to put some pressure um, on Australia, but it'll definitely be fun behind the mic with Triple M. Uh, you're a good man, Hads. Thanks so much for jumping on board, and uh, you can catch Hads Triple M cricket. You know, Seriously, we're not that far away oh, as well. You're a good man. Coming. Thank you very much. Enjoy the next test. Thanks, boys. See you later. Uh, perfect. The next what test as well, uh, July 8th to 12th. So mm. also, goal. We've got two in a row there yes. on the old Bunsen burner there, Ferg. Oh, oh, and half a stand left after the, after the storm's <laughs> oh, in, no. too. Oh, come on. We belong together. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Stories from home and away. Now, boys, home and away, basically a segment where we uh, talk about things away from... Um, football and sport and whatever and uh, things that happened in our home life. A bit of a different spin on this one. It's a bit of a topical one, uh, Fergie and Rock, but it's uh, it's happened to my brother. This is actually going back to yesteryear, but the timing's perfect, so I thought I'd bring it to the table. Far away. So we've just ticked over into the new financial year, obviously, and um, yeah, so my family have a a bricklaying and a stonemasonry business up in the Adelaide Hills, and we've been involved with that for a long time. So my my brothers and my old man and help out there, and uh, yeah, my brother's still doing it uh, and doing it very well, to be fair. But this is his first ever time that he's left school and jumped on board the family business. So we're talking about six years ago here, where he had to lodge his first ever um, tax return. Okay, so it got drilled into us as uh, you know people being beneficiaries of the family business mm-hmm. that you claim everything. You, know? <laughs> yes. you claim everything that you can get, you know, the, the money that gets taken away from you, you try and get a, a little bit back in the Absolutely. pocket. So my old man drilled it into me and my brothers, you've got to claim everything, you claim everything. So my brothers walked up to the accountant for the first ever time. So quite a nerve-wracking experience if you don't really know yeah. what you're doing and you're doing your first ever tax return. So in the back of his head is my old man ringing, you got to claim everything, claim everything, claim everything. So he's walked in there, first ever time, really nervous, one 
one-on-one with a big accountant that's got, you know, degrees galore yep. versus a first-year apprentice. <laughs> Bring along, okay? Yeah. So intellectual stuff is, uh, well, it's quite a drift, like, really. <laughs> anyway. Sort of, sort of missed the Thomas family, that stuff, didn't it? <laughs> exactly oh, right. Oh, right. There's a, yeah, a combined IQ of 14 between <laughs> five <partners>, So <laughs> Anyway, um, so my brother's rolled up there straight away. He's got his shoebox full of receipts, okay? He's ready, set up, ready to go, and he hands it over and um, goes to the accountant. He goes, this is what I want to claim back for my first tax return for 2014-15. The accountant picks up the first receipt and goes, "Uh, Ben, um, not quite sure you can actually claim a a Zinger box, mate. (laughs) (laughs) He had brought everything. I'm talking awards from school. I'm talking anything he bought, he tried to claim. (laughs) Oh, no. A single box! PlayStation! <laughs> GameCube! <laughs> Carton of tinnies! <laughs> yeah, so we'll jump into the footy now. We see the Crows take on the D's this afternoon at 4.05 and Port Adelaide tomorrow uh, over at Optus Stadium. They take on Fremantle here. All the action live on Triple M, but we'll jump into last night's game. And St Kilda were, were too, far too good for the Blues in the end. It was a seesawing affair. The... The lead changed a fair bit, and probably Carlton just didn't take their opportunities when they had them to, to kick goals, and, and St Kilda hung around and were good enough to win, so they bounced back into the eight, which is really important for them, and it starts to get tight up the top again, so uh, a really good game of footy on Friday night, and one that St Kilda will be very happy to walk away with, Jack Sinclair, how, how good's he oh been this year? God. Unbelievable. Like, seriously, and he's just one that sort of snuck under the radar the last couple of seasons, mm. and he's had a, a really good season th- thus far, Fick. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, yeah. He's flying. I was listening uh, to the Triple M call last night, yep. which is always exemplary, isn't oh, it? Yeah. It's fantastic. And the Chew Man was telling us that uh, he's shooting by foot about 5% better than anyone else at the moment. Is that right? Uh, well, in the sorry, comp, no, or just for the sense? Than, than the rest of the comp on average. Wow. So he's flying at the That's moment, big. going beautifully. Um, and we love the style, I reckon, the way he plays. He, he takes his kicks on, and that's certainly something that uh, has been a strength of the Saints when they're playing well. But at the moment, Rocky, it feels like their effort, it's not unconditional. It's, it seems to be week-to-week proposition, and that's not where you want to be if you're a top-eight side. No, it's not. They've been poor the last three weeks, and I think everyone's jumped on the back of them, and it's been fair enough. But there's a big factor at St Kilda. When Marshall and Ryder play together, they just win, or they mm. win a lot, a mm. lot of games. So... Those two back in action, we see Marshall go down late in the game. So whether he's there next week or, again, we don't know what we're going to get with St Kilda next week, do we? Mm, On the back of your point, they they could come out and get rolled next week. We're just not sure. Isn't it crazy that you can just tell? That they're, they're a side, you can just tell in the first 10 minutes, they're going to be on tonight. Simple as that. And then in the other, you know, we saw them against your mob, Essen in the other week. They were just like, Oof. they were nowhere near yeah, where right. they are in terms of hunting the footy and the pressure around it. It's, uh, it's quite extraordinary. What about Thursday night, Rock? And uh, you sent us uh, a text saying that the Bulldogs were, have been a, a, a real disappointment this year. Yeah, everyone will probably say I'm trying to deflect from Port Adelaide here. But I think for me, the Western Bulldogs have been the most disappointing team this year. I had them down to win the grand final mm. or, or be certainly thereabouts at least in the grand final they they had their pants pulled down by Brisbane they, tough road mm, trip up there though as it, you know it is. It is. they started really well and were on top but just couldn't <laughs> score but then they got blown away you lose by seven goals yep and now they find themselves 10th on the ladder do they make finals I don't think they do from mm. here it's going to be hard for them Charlie Cameron was outstanding for the Brisbane Lions, but the Western Bulldogs for me have, have been the biggest disappointment of 2022. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. But uh, on 
on the Brisbane side of things, I don't think we learnt anything. I, no, I agree. You know, I <clears throat> I look at them and and they're probably a four goal better better side when they play at home. Well, they they won pretty comfortably at home against a a side that's not playing that well. I think the biggest indictment on the on the Lions is their inability to hit the road and, yeah. and win away from home and. Again, like the other night, didn't really I didn't really learn anything about Brisbane. It's it's going to be when they're on the road that they're going to start turning heads, and at the moment they can't they can't put it together. It's a fortress up there, though, isn't it? The Gabba, like, mm. and you know they could have won by ten, twelve goal, and I think your your points the exact same, or just got over the line. We don't mm. learn much until they do it at the MCG. That's why I was really disappointed last Thursday oh, night yeah. when they got absolutely their asses handed to them from yep. Melbourne MCG Thursday night in front of everyone's watching it, and and they just went up to it. Yeah, yeah, they were they were disappointed. And West Coast were a couple of years ago as well. They could never win at the MCG, but if they get two home finals, win it, and then get over to Melbourne and win on the big stage. And, and the last one is another, another rule tweak from the AFL. This yeah. Oh, just oh, yeah. What, what the hell's with that? Seriously. Like, and I understand it might be for the betterment of the game, but how many games have been decided with little things that are, oh. that, like in the first 15 rounds of the mm. year? And you know what? Let's change this. It's just... <laughs> well, the biggest issue I've got with all of it is the fact that they used to actually use the preseason comp to trial a few new rules, and they do that for a number of years. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a couple of games before the season started. They do it for a couple of years and then go, oh, yeah, okay, maybe. Now we're just throwing them in there at the start of the season without any trials. I mean, it just makes no sense well, to me. Well, my mail is we're going to 16 aside before finals. <laughs> That's just what I'm hearing. <laughs>